are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Happy Friday. Today is Friday, November 5th. And I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Got some good feedback about the episode last night, talking about Gene Segura as a trade target for the Twins. As we try to find that middle ground between saving money for the starting rotation while also filling the vacancy at shortstop and leaving space for Royce Lewis to break in next year and claim that shortstop position long term. So I think you can thread the needle in three ways with Gene Segura. I think you find that middle ground where he's not super expensive. I don't think he'll cost a ton in terms of prospects because he's owed $15 million. You give Royce Lewis a chance because it's a one-year deal for Segura with an option for 2023. You give Royce a chance to break in in 2023. And then also you're saving money for starting pitching by not spending 22, 23, 24, 25 million on Marcus Semien or Carlos Correa or Trevor Story or Javier Baez. Uh, we know this class is amazing. So if you want to hear about Gene Segura, you can listen to that episode yesterday, why it makes so much sense for the Twins. Thanks again to my brother, Keaton. We broke that down last night or a couple nights ago and uh, love that idea. I think I'm going to be on the Segura train this offseason. Now that's still a trade, so you're, you're throwing out names here. We don't know if these guys are available. It just makes a lot of sense on both sides for both the Phillies and the Twins. Twins made three roster moves today. Uh, looking forward to more roster moves. And I know we're all looking forward to the signings, the big trades, but these are not insignificant. These are interesting moves. And the Twins sometimes make their most interesting moves early in the waiver wire. Uh, Matt Whistler, two years ago on the waiver wire, turned out to be a great find for them in 2020. Last year, they made a bunch of relief pickups. One of them was Juan Manaya, who ended up having a great year. We'll talk about Manaya today as it pertains to their other relief pickup they made this afternoon in Jarrell Cotton and where that leaves Manaya because it seems like he's a fixture now because he had such a good year as well. So the Twins make these waiver claims regularly, especially for relievers. And what we know about this front office and what we know about Wes Johnson and, and what they value they look for bargains on the relief market and they look for bargains in the way of guys with one great pitch usually that need to up the usage of it. That's one of the avenues that they, that they look for and they look for cheap waiver wire pickups, talented guys with big arms. They've made mistakes doing that on the trade market, trading Lamont way jr. For Sean Anderson, big fastball, big slider didn't work out and they lost Lamont way jr. So also like you could keep, Akil Badu in that conversation because they could have protected Akil Badu and then kept him on the 40 man and not picked up Ian Jabot, who was terrible at AAA, or Derek Law, who was terrible uh, for the Twins this year. So you they could have done that and saved a 40 man roster spot. So they've definitely made mistakes. They've hit on some guys too. You know, they hit on Manaya, they've hit on Whistler. There need to be more. And I think Jarrell Cotton could absolutely fit that bill for 2022. We'll talk about Cotton today. The Twins declined the $5.5 million option on Alexander Colomay. It seemed like that was going to be the most likely scenario. They're going to pay his $1.25 million buyout. So Alexander Colomay's time in Minnesota uh, looking increasingly in, and more like it's over. Uh, he's done with the Twins, and, and the Twins declined that option today. They also outrighted Rob Refsnyder which I think is interesting. And that doesn't mean he's gone. The Twins could probably get him back on a minor, minor league deal. I know Tom 
Froming was tweeting about that. I agree with him. Uh, the Twins could probably get ref back on a minor league deal, but he'll have to clear waivers. Maybe the Twins can move him, uh, start him in St. Paul. But I think at this point, he, he may be out of options and can deny um, the outright. So he can deny that. But we'll see what happens with Raf. I don't think he's out of the organization for sure, but it's interesting that they outrighted him off the uh, the 40-man roster today. So Alexander Colomay is going to be a free agent now. Uh, very disappointing. And I remember sitting in this seat last year when the Twins signed Colomay, and even when we heard that the Twins had interest in Alexander Colomay from our friend Darren Wolfson, who we're going to have on the show hopefully again this offseason to break down Twins rumors, I thought was a good signing. I thought it was a savvy signing. I thought it gave the Twins a chance uh, to find a market inefficiency because a lot of teams would see his peripheral as the FIP the uh, strikeout rate declining, the velocity may be a little bit down and say, ooh, we want to stay away from him. He's a, he's a ticking time bomb. And I think the Twins saw that and said, this is a guy who's gotten it done for years and years and years. And this gives us an opportunity because they have that Nelson Cruz connection with Colomay as well to sign him and to add him to the back of the bullpen when he's been closing games for the White Sox and closed games for the Rays and was outstanding in the short in 2020 season, gave them an opportunity to get him on a, on a bargain deal uh, there was thought that he would get a two-year, $20 million deal in that range, or at least $10 million average annual value because his numbers were so good. But he ends up only getting that $6.25 million, I think it was from the Twins, with an option for this year. And I thought it was a great deal at the time. And he exploded in the first half. He ended up being really solid in the second half. We talked about him in our report cards as well, uh, giving him a grade of a D plus because he did close – saved 15 out of 19 games down the stretch for the twins so was good at the end of the year was solid for them kind of reverted back to who he was a little bit but he did so much damage early that it's hard not to look back and think that it was just incredibly disappointing and also i think the fan aspect of that a lot of twins fans checked out after the first couple months and what they saw when they were watching is alexander colomay blowing a lot of games i know that because my friends would tell me casual twins fans um still don't like colomay even though they know that he pitched well down the stretch, um, still think that he's a disaster because he was so bad at the beginning of the year. So there's this perception of him that unfortunately just can't be undone because there was so much destruction early on. But he's going to go to free agency and leaves open that right-handed high leverage relief role that the Twins need to fill this offseason. They needed to fill it um, anyway, probably. But then now they might need to fill two of those spots if Taylor Rogers is non-tendered let's talk about Russ snyder and jerrell cotton after this word from built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever i love thanksgiving all of the good food and treats and plenty of them but maybe you want a yummy dessert without all of those calories and sugar it's the perfect time for built bars built bar is the new holiday dessert feast on something delicious and feel good about it one slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end most built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will only make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built Bar yet. Plus, right now, you can go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. For 15% at Built.com, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Thank you again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Talking about the three Twins roster moves today. Declining the option on Alexander Colomay was an expected move. Outriding Rob Snyder, a little bit of a surprise. Here's the thing with Ref. 
he got off to a great start this year for the Twins, was really crushing the ball, crushing left-handed pitching, doubles, homers, hard contact, had changed his approach a little bit, more walks. It felt like was more selective at the plate. And then he just kind of crashed and burned. I think injuries played a part in that too. He was on and off the injury list down the stretch, um, but kind of proved who he was before that great stretch at the beginning of the year. And I am biased on Ref Snyder because I remember watching him hit at a time when so many twins were not producing pitching and hitting and Rob Ref Snyder was showing up every single night. And I just, I loved that storyline of the season because it was amid so much negativity and Ref Snyder was, was really a middle of the order, like beast for, I don't know, 20, 25 games for the twins, but still it was a really, really nice stretch. Um, I like Ref Snyder. I think he makes sense as a fourth outfielder against left-handed pitching next year, but maybe the twins don't feel the same way and maybe he gets claimed off waivers and um, you know, maybe he hasn't changed much as a hitter. He's the same guy, uh, which is a below league average hitter. And as a platoon outfielder, he can play some center, which is valuable, but as a platoon outfielder, you got to crush left-handed pitching and Cal garlic was hitting left-handed pitching really, really well before he had the uh, sports hernia and Ref Snyder at times was hitting left-handed pitching too. But if you don't crush them, it's hard to justify you keeping you on the roster. It's just so competitive. And Rob Ref Snyder is a good player. I think he's a borderline major league player. I think he's a great AAA player. He's awesome for the Saints. But it's so competitive. It's so hard to break into the league. It's just so hard to stay. And I think Rob Ref Snyder is a perfect example of that. A good all-around player, a talented player, but just maybe doesn't have a certain skill set isn't great enough in one area to stick on a roster. He could come back on a minor league deal. As I said earlier, I'm biased to those early, early results with Ref Snyder. Um, I would love to see him back on the twins though. I was plugging him in, in my offseason blueprints. You can go to twinspayroll.com or go to twinsdaily.com and use our new payroll tool. And you can put together your mock twins offseason. You can see the payroll. There's uh, free agents, relief pitchers. There's everything on there. Uh, free agent starting pitchers, I mean, free agent relief pitchers, free agent short, short stops. You can add who you want on that spreadsheet and put together your ideal offseason for the Twins. Also, I highly recommend ordering the offseason handbook from twinsdaily.com. has all the information you need going into this offseason. You can get that for whatever price you want. You can get it for free. Uh, name your price. Anything that uh, you give is going to support of twinsdaily.com. But the offseason handbook is outstanding. Really, really great. I'm biased to it because I, I have a piece at the end, uh, four trades that I think are viable for the Twins to make for a starting pitcher. But the whole thing is amazing. It's like 60, 70 pages of just excellent work from our crew. Uh, awesome graphics, breaking down the Twins' big decision with Byron Buxton, breaking down their decision with rebuilding or re retooling, breaking down payroll, breaking down the CBA. Uh, every free agent that you can think of is broken down in at least some capacity in the offseason handbook. So couldn't recommend it more. Uh, and Rob Ref Center was plugged into a lot of my offseason looks. A lot of my blueprints had Rob Ref Center, and he still could, again, come back on a minor league deal. Twins could save a little bit of money. I think he was projected to make a million in arbitration this year, um, but the Twins outrighted him off the roster, so it doesn't look like he's going to make that. But I like Ref, like I said, and I think he could be back, and I would support him coming back. Let's talk about Jarrell Cotton. Twins claimed a right-handed reliever today off waivers i like this pickup i'm going to tell you why after this word from bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports needs bet online is back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season more props odds and lines than ever before 
Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas Casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. MLB playoffs are over, but there's so much to get to here at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's break down this waiver wire pickup for the Twins. Jarrell Cotton, 29-year-old right-handed reliever. Twins claim him from Texas, so he pitched for the Rangers. But he's a former top prospect, and he's a highly sought-after prospect back in the day, starting pitching prospect. Uh, Oakland didn't pitch well in 2017 as a starter, then had a bunch of injury problems, uh, never really got healthy, but he was in 2021. And this is what I highlight when we look at Jarrell Cotton, the Twins claiming Cotton. His last 17 and two-thirds innings of 2021, he had a 1.53 ERA and a 2.72 fielding independent pitching. Opponents hit 175 with a 454 OPS off Cotton over his last 17-plus innings, 22% strikeout rate, walk rate just below 10%. So command issues, but great line, great ERA, pitched phenomenally well down the stretch. Here's why I really like Jarrell Cotton, and it was pointed out a little bit on Twitter today as people broke down this claim because, like I said, these claims by the Twins tend to be interesting, and they don't always work. And when they don't work, it's it's well documented because people are upset, and I understand that. Like especially when it's in wake of Lamont Wade Jr. being traded, and it doesn't work. But they're always interesting because you can see what the Twins see when you look at Jarrell Cotton, you look at Matt Whistler, you look at Ian Jabot, you look at these guys, and you can see why the Twins are intrigued. Here's the thing with Cotton. He threw, he threw his fastball 46 almost uh, half the time, 46% of the time in 2021. 93 to 96 mile an hour fastball. So good, strong fastball. Expected batting average of 232, but a 455 expected slugging percentage. I think the expected Woba was almost 400. So it got hit hard when it got hit. And you can probably look back at Jarrell Cotton's runs that he allowed this year. I think he had like a 330 ERA on the season. I mentioned was great down the stretch. And you could probably link it back to that fastball getting hit because his secondary stuff is absolutely terrific. His changeup is an absolute floater. 80-mile-an-hour changeup, expected batting average 127, expected a slugging percentage under 200, and a 30% whiff rate. So he threw he throws changeup 30% of the time. I think you can bump that baby up to uh, almost more than half or half. And that's what the Twins did with Mamanaya this year. Strictly going forcing fastball changeup. And when you have a great changeup like Manaya or like Jarrell Cotton, it increases the effectiveness of your fastball because the fastball will get on guys quicker. They think it's a changeup because you're throwing changeups. They don't know if it's a, it, it just confuses a hitter and it gets them out of rhythm, out of rhythm. And I think if you bumped up his changeup usage, even the slightest tweak can really unlock more. Like if you bumped it up to 40% instead of 30%, he's probably going to get that extra out. And that's the thing with relievers. Because it's such a small sample in a season. It's only 40, 50, 60 innings in a season. It's one inning at a time. One pitch can change your overall line for a season, right? If the bases are loaded and you throw a fastball instead of a changeup, when your changeup's a much better pitch and it's hit for a grand slam, your ERA is going to be hard. It's so hard, and this is what we saw with Taylor Rogers to make up for that in a season for a reliever. And that's kind of the Alexander Colomay case, too. Because he blew so many games early, it's so hard to make up for that. 
as a reliever because they have such an impact late in games. And for Jarrell Cotton, if he just throws one extra change up here or one extra slider there, because his slider at 82 miles an hour is also a really nice pitch. 38% whiff rate about 37.5% swing and miss. Expected batting average 201, expected slugging percentage 250. Above average spin on the slider, above average spin on the four seamer, or I should say above average spin on his curveball as well. Uh, but up the changeup usage a la Juan Manaya and up the slider usage. And here's why the Twins probably like Cotton. One, he's obviously talented. He's got a good arm. Two, the changeup's outstanding. Three, the slider's pretty solid too. But four, because the changeup and slider are solid and because he throws his fastball 93 to 96, because he's a former starter not that long ago, and because there's a three batter minimum when you have to face righties and lefties, Maybe you can go cotton for two innings at a time and you can spot them up uh, against righties and lefties. And, and it gives you that luxury. If it's righty, lefty, righty in a lineup, you feel good about going to cotton because he has that change up to neutralize the left-hander. He's got a slider he can throw to the righties and then he can mix in his fastball. I think his fastball should be mixed in more than his sliders mixed in. Like I think his slider should be more consistent. I think his changeup should be his most thrown pitch. And I think his fastball should just get on guys. Think of uh, Kenta Maeda, slider, splitter, heavy. Fastball is mostly just for show, but it's also to get on guys. Like he'll get swings and misses on his fastball. His fastball is unhittable in 2020 because his secondary stuff was so good. And that can happen for Jarrell Cotton too, because his changeup so good. If you up the usage of it and get in the hitter's mind that you're going to be throwing a changeup a lot, you're going to be throwing sliders a lot. And then you get on them with a fastball at 94, 95, 96. Uh, you're going to be able to get outs and you're going to be able to get swings and misses and you're going to be able to be an effective reliever. And I like that a lot about Cheryl Cotton. I like him a lot. Here's the thing though. He's owed 1.1 million in 2022 in arbitration and he's out of options. So it feels like the twins are locking him into an open bullpen spot for next year for just over a million. What that brings up a question with is Wamanaya is also going to be due about a million in arbitration, I believe. So pretty redundant, very similar pitcher. Uh, is Jarrell Cotton very similar age to Wamanaya? Maybe they'll 